Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Really pleased to have joining us on the program today, Zach Cooper, Senior Fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Uh, Had a a great uh, Twitter thread on Taiwan and this whole idea of strategic ambiguity. We've heard a lot about that uh, and sort of the span between uh, strategic certainty and strategic ambiguity. Uh, Zach, as you look at it from your unique perch, uh, where are we? Obviously, in light of the president's comment, there's been a, a swirl around that. But where are we really? Well, it's, in a, it's a pretty strange place. Uh, the president, of course, said on Monday that uh, the United States would come to Taiwan's defense and then uh, said on Tuesday that there had been no change in policy and uh, that he wouldn't comment on this further, um, implying that, in fact, uh, the United States had not, in fact, changed its position. Um, And then we had a speech uh, just today from Secretary of State Tony Blinken in which he reiterated that U.S. policy had not changed. Um, So I, I think, unfortunately, we're in a little bit of an ambiguous position on strategic ambiguity. Uh, It's very clear that the president's own personal preference is probably to support Taiwan. Uh, But U.S. policy is uh, that we are not going to make that clear beforehand. Um, So it's it's a very strange position we find ourselves in. So you're saying we have some ambiguity about our ambiguity, I guess, is the takeaway today. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, And so so how does this play out? Um, Obviously, when we talk about that ambiguity, obviously that there's a component to that that obviously is trying to keep China guessing as to where we really are or to at least have them be thinking about, wow, the U.S. could actually do this. Um, so so start there. How does this impact China? And then I also want to talk about how this impacts our allies in the rest of the world. Well, for the Chinese, I think in some ways we're, we're getting the both, best of both worlds here. Um, The U.S. has not formally changed its policy, so um, it makes it harder for Beijing to complain that Washington is somehow undermining the status quo. But because the president keeps making these comments, I do think many in China are going to assume that if there was a conflict with Taiwan, that the U.S. would intervene on Taiwan's behalf as long as Biden's in power. So in some ways, um, this is a positive. And, and I can tell you, I'm fairly confident that this was not an intended mistake. I think he, he, he's made several uh, gaffes in public uh, along these lines. But in some ways, this is beneficial uh, when it comes to China. The bigger challenge is really Taiwan. 
Um, and American policymakers don't often want to talk about this in public, but the reality is that the, the logic of strategic ambiguity is in part to restrain Taiwan from declaring independence. And so I think you're going to hear some pretty clear messages, as we did, in fact, today from Secretary Blinken, saying that the U.S. does not support Taiwanese. That's a message that I think the administration will have to send more clearly to make sure that the downsides of a strategic clarity approach are, are managed in the months ahead. Yeah, obviously, I think that's a, a big part of that is is really understanding if Taiwan were to declare that independence, what that would mean, how would that play out? Uh, and then let's look at it a little more broadly in terms of our allies around the world, obviously in the context of Ukraine and what Russia is doing there. Uh, how does this ambiguity play in those spaces, both for our allies uh, and for Vladimir Putin and the, and the Kremlin? You know, it's, it's a very strange position we find ourselves in where uh, the United States has some very clear commitment to treaty allies, right, countries that have mutual defense treaties with the United States. Um, and, you know, roughly 30 of them in Europe uh, and five in Asia. Um, Taiwan is not one of them. Ukraine is not one of them. And so I think one lesson that countries have been taking away from, from the Ukraine crisis is that the United States is very happy to support partners by providing military aid. But when it comes to actual American forces fighting, the U.S. really does that primarily for treaty allies. And you know, countries like Ukraine that are not treaty allies may not get support. Um, now, what's even more complicated in the Taiwan case is that the United States doesn't acknowledge that Taiwan is its own country, even. Right. Um, so, so it's an additional layer of complication here. Um, we have to remember that in Taiwan, we do have the Taiwan Relations Act that the Congress passed. Uh, and this act does provide some requirements for the U.S. to maintain the capability to come to Taiwan's aid and maintain Taiwan's ability to defend itself. And so I, I think what uh, what's very difficult in this situation is that there are, of course, some direct connections between Taiwan and Ukraine, you know, both facing autocrats that are trying to take control of uh, their territory and yet the the situation of those two is actually quite different in, in some important ways. Uh, fascinating. And so as you uh, as you look ahead on all of this, Zach, what uh, what is it that we should be watching for? What should we be thinking about uh, as things rhetorically kind of ratchet up and ratchet down, uh, depending on uh, the day? Uh, but what are some of those more subtle things that we should be looking at uh, and impact here at home? Well, I think the first question is, can the administration maintain this policy of strategic ambiguity and can the president uh, follow his government's own policy? Or is he going to continue to make these mistakes in, in statements about U.S. policy? And I think you have your questions about whether the U.S. has to admit that it is going to get rid of this strategically ambiguous approach and embrace one that's more strategically clear. So that's one question. Uh, another question in my mind and I think this is something that the Congress is really debating very actively, is how to support Taiwan to make sure not just that the U.S. has the capability or will to defend Taiwan if we have to, but but also that the Taiwanese themselves have the capability to uh, defend against a possible Chinese invasion or some other type of scenario. And 
there is some legislation that's being pushed by a number of senators uh, that provides substantial aid to Taiwan, uh, not just any kind of aid, but aid really that's focused on asymmetric capabilities. And in other words, capabilities that could defend against an invasion. Um, I think that's going to be a really important uh, point of discussion about Taiwan over the next few months. And, and certainly, you know, with the prospect of a Republican Congress coming in early next year, I would think that will be at the, the top of the agenda item uh, if, if Republicans win the House and the Senate. Uh, great insight, as always. Zach Cooper, Senior Fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And I think that's the ultimate test. Uh, are we being ambiguous about our ambiguity as it relates to China and Taiwan? What will Taiwan do next? We've been talking a lot about what China's going to do next. And, of course, they were not uh, too happy with the president and his remarks this past week about what the United States would do if China moved in on Taiwan. Uh, no one has been talking about what Taiwan might do in terms of declaring their own independence from China, what that would bring. Uh, so we're going to continue to follow all of that closely there. It's so nuanced and so many challenges and uh, things to navigate your way through. But we've got a lot of expertise here in the state of Utah and back in D.C. to help us continue to navigate that. All right. Uh, we're going to step aside for some bottom of the hour news. Of course, the supply chain and inflation has impacted everything from computer chips to building material. But one thing it hasn't affected is red ink. The Congressional Budget Office released its budget outlook, and there's a lot of red. We'll tell you about it coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.